Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, this is our seventh of 10 services today. No, it's not. And the four services are actually going really, really well. Thank you for choosing a service. And, and uh, we have just strong attendance on all four services. Um, seriously, like probably seven, 800 people are in that, are in that 5 a.m. service this morning. So. No, it's at 8 o'clock. And then uh, 12.30 is, is equally strong, actually even a little bit stronger. So it's been uh, just, just wonderful. Now, what I'm doing, because the best way that I can serve you is to teach God's Word. It's the best thing I can do. I love uh, being around you. Uh, I had a, a pastor who's gone on to be with the Lord. He told me years and years ago that a shepherd should smell like sheep. So I like, I like being around you guys, okay? Um, but I can't be so social every service that I end up, here's my nightmare, is that I would end up fourth service with no voice and no concentration, you know, that would be horrible. So what I'm trying to do is rotate through, and so like second service uh, this morning, um, I was out the whole time and greeting some people and things like that. And listen, church is not about me, okay? It is not about me. It's about, you know, all of us coming together, lifting up, listening up. But I just want to let you know, because I've had some people say, I don't see you much anymore. Well, it's because I, I need to kind of pace it all out, okay? And so thank you as I kind of find my rhythm with that, um, because uh, end of the day, like I said, I want to make sure that I serve each service as best that I can. Amen? All right. I am not Superman. All right. So, well, let's get into the word this morning. Everybody say roots. We're in our third week here in a series uh, talking about roots. And roots are the values that hold us in place. And I want to kind of describe that for you a little bit um, this morning. Let's look in Jeremiah 17 to start with, though. Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the man, the person who trusts in the Lord. Say, I trust in the Lord. Well, then you're blessed. And whose hope is the Lord. Look in verse 8. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its, here we go, roots by the river, and will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green, and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Now, this beautiful word picture, this, this metaphor and scripture of a tree And as I've shared with you, that has been our logo for the whole 28 plus years of the church. That to me is the picture of what God intends for our life. That when we follow him, when we live in relationship with him, we live, we live life his way. Not talking about rules and, re- and regulations and, and religion. I'm talking about a living relationship with God, doing things his way. What that produces is a people that are like a tree. And, and uh, I've tried to summarize it a little bit with a few words. Don't get tired of hearing this. But it would be a people that are happy, jump in if you know me, happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed so that they can be a blessing and bring, and bring glory to God. And now let me just speak for myself, okay? I want to be happy. I want to need to be stable. I want to be fruitful. And I want to be blessed so that I can be 
a blessing and ultimately bottom line so I can bring some glory to God. How about you? How about you? I want that for me. I want that for my family. I want that for my Meadowbrook family. And I believe that's what God has given us the prescription, so to speak, the path to follow. And the result of that, we, we would be like that tree. And notice it talked about heat coming and year of drought and all kinds of things like that. It said, but, but you're not fearing that. You're not fearing that because you have some roots and those roots are sunk down and those roots make a difference. Now, for our purposes, um, we're using the idea of roots to describe our, our values and to be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, to be like that tree, it's not just happenstance. It's available, but it's not automatic. It's not going to happen just because you go to church and you like Jesus a lot, okay? It's an intentional, ongoing, day-by-day uh, process, uh, just like the tree. You know, it's only in Jack and the Beanstalk that a tree grows, boom, like that, okay? But in real life, it takes, it takes time and process, and that's the work That's the life that we're living in God, and he's doing that in us. Amen. So it starts with our values, our values. I won't have this on the screen today, but let me quickly review. Your values, and that's what we're talking about in this series, your values inform your priorities. Your priorities then will make your decisions for you, and then your decisions will determine your outcomes. So let's go over it again. Your values will inform your priorities. Your priorities will make your decisions for you and your decisions will determine your what? Your outcome. So if you end up with an outcome that's not desirable, that wasn't what I wanted. Most people, as I've told you, they step one step back and they just re-decide. And a lot of people are serial re-deciders, you know, and re-decide and re-decide and nothing's really going to change. You're going to keep making wrong decisions or off decisions or ill-timed decisions until you drill further back and get into your values. I believe that our outcomes are actually value-based. What you're dealing with right now, there is something, if if it's something undesirable, usually then there's something back in what I believe at the core of my being, back in my values that, that needs to be addressed. And that's why we're wanting to drill down, find out, wrestle to the ground, what do I really believe? What do I really prize at the core of who I am? So I'm sharing with you the values of Meadowbrook Church, the values of myself and my family. And over the next two weeks, we're going to be helping you in addition to teaching on some values. I want to help you to kind of discover and define what are your values. Because I know you're a people of value or you're a people of principle, but you just don't want to have that in broad terms. You know, for your life, for your family, for your relationships, for your finances, for, for your workplace, all of those things, you need to know this is what I value because your values, priorities, decisions, outcomes, you, say, you see how it all works. Amen? So over the last two weeks, we've talked about a, a number of these. The first one was biblical truth. Everybody say biblical truth. And you can go back and review that. Last week, we talked about a big one, authenticity. Everybody say Authenticity. And then today I want to start by talking about servant leadership. Go ahead and say that. Servant leadership. Now I'm going to go ahead and give you a heads up. We're only going to do this just for a little bit. And then we're going to work back into the root of this here and look at serving as a value. So first of all, understand that we are all, first of all, servants. And second of all, we are leaders. And, and as far as servant leadership, there are a number of styles or brands of leadership. We've been exposed to them all, trust me. So in the workplace or on a team 
or uh, at home, whatever, you have been in the service, you've been exposed to different types of, of leadership. There's authoritarian, all the way other end of the spectrum is laissez-faire. Uh, authoritarian would be uh, control and command. And the other end of the spectrum would be, I don't care what you do. I'm the leader, but I don't care. And there's, those are the extremes. I think there's something in between. I think there's something that's beautiful that can actually make things happen and yet still end up with some happy people. I think you can still have some results and keep relationship. I think you can still challenge people and still they can know that they are cared for. And I think the best way to lead is servant leadership. We see it modeled by Jesus. We see the the principles of it in scripture. And I watch it in our world today. And you watch companies where their, their employees and their products, their services are thriving. And you will find close to the core, you're going to find servant leadership. So what is servant leadership? What what is it? And remember that all of us serve and all of us lead. Servant leadership, I have to ask this question as a leader. How will I serve? How will I serve? My answer comes very quickly to me. I will serve like I would want, uh, I will lead rather. I will lead like I would want to be led. Okay? So I would lead, I want to lead like I would want to be led. Even in correction. You know, as a leader, if I have to correct somebody, I want to do it in a way that if I were being corrected, I would want them to do it in that way. Are you all with me? I've been led in ways that I would never lead. You have too. You know, and and sometimes you thought, well, that's just the way it is. Well, don't let it be that way for you. You know, um, I only have one child left at home. Um, My other four are out in the world and, and making their way and And I'm so very, very proud of each of them. And along the way, different places that they've worked and served and so forth, you know, I've had them, uh, you know, call me or talk to me about their leader and and ask some questions. And this is, and at times they've been very challenged by some of the leadership that they've been, been under, pressed down by leadership that they've been under. And I've told them, I said, listen, you just be faithful until God tells you to leave. You don't move. And you stay and you be faithful there and you take good, good notes because one day when you're in charge, one day when you lead, let this be a lesson that will help you know. I know the kind of leader I will be in those situations. And so that doesn't speak disparagingly of others. It's a decision that you make for yourself. Are are you with me so far on this? So servant leadership, actually the people under that you are leading, that you want them to grow. You want them to be wiser and freer and more inspired and more empowered and and growing. You want to see that happening in their life rather than them being discouraged, disillusioned, beat down. You know, because I think that dishonors God. It dishonors everybody in the process. And in the end, you might crank out some results, but that would be like a sweatshop compared to another setting like Google, for example. And it's a whole different mindset, you know, as far as leadership, servant leadership. Say it with me, servant leadership. But before and beyond servant leadership, before we are ever a leader, we're a servant. And I want to talk about serving. So here's the value I really want us to look at today is serving. Everybody say serving this morning. Serving is is not just a value. Serving is also, service is also a spiritual discipline. 
of the classical spiritual disciplines that help to build something in our life and help us to become more and more like Jesus and help us to become like the tree that we just read about, serving and service is at the core of that as well. Um, I've got just a brief list of some people in the Bible that said they were, they were servants of God. Abraham, Moses, Esther, Job, John, Paul, George, Ringo. Sorry, wrong list. Mary, Jesus, all of these said, I'm a servant of the Most High God. And I want to tell you this morning, I, so am I. I serve the Most High God. You're going to have to serve somebody. You're going to serve somebody or something. And if you don't get it right, it's going to keep on changing, keep on changing. And you just, you just need to decide who are you going to serve with your life? Who are you going to serve? And I've decided I'm going to serve God with all my life for the rest of my life. Not just because I'm saved. Not just because I'm a son. Not just because I get to live in the house of the Father, in the land of the living. I serve him because I'm a thankful, willing, committed, full-time, forever servant of God. And I challenge you to be one as well. So... We want to look at some aspects of this. Where does this even come from? Let's look in Psalm 84, first of all, and see this is the better way to go because our world is very enticing. But David writes, a single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. I'd rather be a gatekeeper, a gatekeeper, Now, the full-time duty of a gatekeeper is not just keeping the gate, keeping the door. It's like, hey, gatekeeper, we need you to go do this. We need you to clean up on aisle six, you know? And so the gatekeeper, but David said this, I would rather, and David had seen it all. David said, I'd rather be a gatekeeper in your house than, than have all the fun and riches in the wrong place. I'd rather be a servant of God. And I want to challenge each of you to be a servant of God. Now, if you serve God, well, part of it is because you love God. And the Bible says that if you love God, who else do you love? People. People. (laughs) Is this first time for all y'all? Okay. So if you love God, you also are going to what? Love people. He said this in 1 John. If you say you love God, but you don't like people, the truth is not in you. You're lying to yourself, you're lying to everybody else. And then we find from Scripture that love serves and love gives. And so if I love God, I love people. And if I serve God, I'm also going to find part of that is I'm going to serve people as well. So our serving springs up out of three main things here. The first is this, God's love, God's love. That's where our serving comes from. It's better that our serving comes from God's love than our love. Because how many of you know our love gets tired pretty quick? Oh, I'll help you. I'm here for you till the end. Half hour later, I'm so tired of helping. (laughs) Wish they'd get it together, you know. But God's love endures, and it's God's love that not only empowers us and helps us, it's God's love that compels us. When you're in the grocery store, when you're in a place of work, when you're wherever you are, and your heart is moved to help, to serve, do you know what that is? That's God's love in you. Whether or not you can even do something about it. It's like, you know, sometimes I see things and I can't do anything to help, but I wish I could. What is that? That's God's love in you. So our serving springs out of God's love. Secondly, our, our serving springs up out of Jesus' example. How many of you know he was the best example? 
He's the master of all. He's the servant of all. And he humbled himself and he served. He washed his disciples' feet. He fed the multitudes. He spent time with, with the outcasts of society. He taught. He healed. He fed. He died you know, for us. He set the example and he said, the servant is never greater than the master. And he said, I've set the bar for you. I've given you the example. And he said, do what I've done. And what he did was to serve one another. The third thing is this, scriptures command. And it's very clear in scripture that we are to serve. And it also tells us how that we serve. And we're going to bump into a little bit of that this morning. So we are to serve not out of guilt, not out of duty, not out of obligation. If you're forced into serving, it's not serving. And so it's servitude. And so what we want to do is, is serve. And the Bible tells us that how we serve, serving also, we serve with gladness. Say gladness. And we serve with love. Psalm 100 verse 2 says this. Serve the Lord with with gladness, come before his presence with what? With singing, with singing. Not sighing, but singing. You don't serve like this. <sighs> How inclined are you to be happy if you go in a restaurant today or whenever and you say, yeah, could I get a refill on my, on my, on my uh, tea, please? <sighs> okay. <laughs> How many of you know they're licking your pork chop too and, and stuff? <laughs> Just saying. Let's pray. That's why you pray, right? So, no, you serve with gladness. You serve with gladness. Years and years ago, we had um, uh, a guy in the church. He's long since gone on to heaven. Uh, he and his wife both, they were faithful part of our church for many years, faithful to serve all the time. And he wanted to be one of our parkers, okay? Give it up for our parkers real quick. Can we do that? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, his name was Jack, and we called him Smiling Jack, but that was kind of a misnomer because he never smiled. <laughs> he was a happy guy, great sense of humor, never smiled. And he insisted for a long while of being our point guy, the first guy anybody would see pulling up to the church. <laughs> We'd talk to him like every other week, Jack, you got to smile, you got to smile. You know, because that first, that first impression was not good, Okay. <laughs> So we hope Smiling Jack is actually smiling now. But, you know, we serve with gladness. How many of you have ever been to or heard of Disney World? It's a little place near over Orlando, and they've got some offshoots of it, different places. But um, all their values together create their goal, which is this, to make it the happiest place on earth. Now, I want to take exception with that. I think Meadowbrook is the happiest place on earth. All right, there you go. But that's, that's their goal, and so you can come to Meadowbrook, and then you can go, okay? But part and parcel of that, because that's a value to them, that's their mission, their goal is to be the happiest place on earth, they need to have some people that are happy. So they hire happy people. So it is really off-putting when one of Mickey's helpers is there, and they're grumpy, and they're not one of the dwarfs, Okay. And so when, the, when they are not kind, when they're tired and put out or whatever, no, you expect overboard happiness, gladness to serve you, even obnoxiously overboard at times, you know? And so if that's good for the magic kingdom, then guess what? For the kingdom of God, we serve the Lord with gladness, amen? 
Then we read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, that through love serve one another. So our love is just laced and loaded with gladness and with love. Now, I want to take a sharp corner here, a sharp turn, and I don't want you to lose out with me here because normally we just think of serving as getting things done and helping somebody. But I want to take a sharp left turn or right turn, whatever. So hold on here. Serving is that. Serving is about getting things done. Serving is about helping someone. But serving is actually much more than that. Serving actually, you ready? Serving actually serves you. It is vital that you serve with your life, not just at church. I'm talking about at your job and your home and everywhere you go, that serving is vital for you. Serving serves you. And we're going to look at it in just a moment. And it is by design. Hear this. God designed it that way. He modeled it. He compels us by his love. He commands us by his scripture. And he wants us to serve because of what it does in us. I would dare say you will never, if you don't have in your roots the value of serving, understanding that, and is a part of your life, you will never fully be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. You won't have that fruit. You won't have those branches. You won't have that strength in those leaves. You won't have that unless this is down in the core of who you are serving. So I want to show you just a couple of reasons how serving serves us. First of all, serving helps. Serving helps keeps self in check. How many of you ever have problems with self? Sometimes we think too little of self. And a lot of times we think too much of self. And so serving what it does, it helps us to keep self in the right place. If self is not in the right place, we lose self-control. And loss of self-control usually happens around acts and places of selfishness. And so when you put self in the wrong place... You lose control of self. Let me illustrate. We had a little dog named KJ. KJ has now gone on to doggy heaven or maybe the, I don't know where he went. But um, <laughs> about, about a year ago, he, he passed. We had him for, I don't know, a good number of years. And um, he had some issues. I'll just put it that way. I, I really think bad things happen at the puppy farm, I, I think. Because just his whole life, he just had some issues. Sweet little dog, cute little man. And um, as long as he was in his room, well, he was still weird there, but, but um, <laughs> as long as he was in the house, he did okay. We kind of uh, arrived at detente with all of that. And then we put him out in the backyard, it's fenced in, he'd do okay there. But if you put him out the front door where there's no boundaries, no fence, no anything else, if he snuck out through the door when you opened the front door, if he got out there, remember, if you put self in the wrong place, you lose control of it. Well, when KJ got into the wrong place, we lost control of him. He no longer could hear. He didn't know his name. He'd wander around and be weird. He would roll in the grossest things. He, it's like, how did you even find that out of the whole yard, out of the whole neighborhood? How did you find that? It's like dead frogs and other grossities. And so you carry him back to the house kind of like this, you know? Wash your hands with kerosene and then, you know, lock him in his room. My point is this. If you put self in the wrong place, you're going to lose control of self. So it's usually around acts of selflessness that you regain control. Selflessness that you maintain control. Serving helps to keep self 
in check. There's nothing else in your life that, that does it quite like that. People can threaten you and so forth, but when you put yourself in the role of I'm serving, something incredible happens to help you keep self in check. Amen. Second, second, serving produces humility. Serving produces humility. Let me tell you about humility. Humility, look at me for this. Humility, let me, let me back up. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your, your heart above everything else that you regard. The most important thing you've got to keep track of is how is my heart? That's why you can't let bitter, envy, lust, jealousy, grudges, you can't let them in there. Jesus gave a parable about the soils of your heart. And he says the condition of that soil determines what's going to grow and what's not going to grow in your life. So that's why you've got to guard your heart. Well, serving produces humility. And in the soil of your heart, that humility is the richest soil possible in the soil of your heart. Rivaled only by gratitude. Let me just, if you get nothing else today, make sure you have gratitude and humility in your heart. And I'm telling you what, God can grow some incredible things in and through your life. But serving produces humility. Say that with me. Serving produces humility. And look at this in James 4, 6. But he gives, God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives what? Grace Grace to the who? To the humble. And this is the, this is the result of serving that you would have humility in your life and God gives you grace. And this New Testament word for grace here has the idea of help and favor. How many of you could use more of God's help and more of God's favor in your life? And part of it is released in your life because you will humbly serve other people. Amen. Make sure that you are serving. And again, I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about in your life, in the workplace, in your home, with your spouse. I pray every day, Lord, show me today how I can encourage Alicia and how I can serve her better. Show me how I can encourage her. And I'll tell you what, if every spouse would pray that for your spouse, how can I encourage them today? How can I serve them better? It'd be an important thing. But every day, make sure home, work, church, everywhere you go, even people you don't know, coming and going from the store or whatever, try to find ways that you can serve. Because I find that when people serve no one, if we could see their gauges, their meters, sometimes I wish we had those. And some people, you can just tell their joy meter is really, really low. You can see it. You can sense it. That their joy meter, their contentment meter, their peace level is so, so low. And and beyond some of the obvious things that you would counsel somebody concerning that, I always will tell them, are you helping anybody? Are you serving? The book of James says that when you're having trials and tribulations and all those things, take care of widows and orphans. You know, have some pure and undefiled religion. Serve, help some folks. Don't just lick your wounds and say, have you heard how bad it is for me? You know, don't do that, but instead serve, serve. Because Jesus said this. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the what? The joy of your Lord. Here's the principle. There is joy in serving. And, when you, and what is joy? Nehemiah said that the joy of the Lord is our, it's our strength. And by serving... It's actually sowing and reaping by putting out strength and energy. Joy comes to your life and that joy will be strength for your life. Amen. So 
Keep the heart of a servant. What is the heart of a servant? A servant says, where do you need me? How can I help? You know, in the aftermath of the hurricane, and we had teams all over the place, I loved watching folks just show up and say, where do you need me? They had their red shirt on. It said, serve. I think we should wear those every day. I actually have mine on underneath here. No, I don't. But serve. Where do you need me? How can I help? Instead of showing up and say, you know, I'm very gifted, talented, educated, experienced, and did I mention I'm anointed? Now listen, you might be all those things, but never, please never introduce yourself that way. There's some pockets in Christianity that are so about that. You know, I'm an anointed prophetess. I actually had a lady a few years ago give me her business card. She had no business, but she had a business card. (laughs) Letting me know that she was anointed. I didn't keep it very long at all. Listen, in your personal time with God, you're declaring things and believing things about your life. You know, it's okay to thank God for his anointing, for his help, for gifting you, for helping you, for experience you've had. But listen, at the end of the day, use what you have for him. Look in 1 Peter chapter 4. God has given each of you, say that's me. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? To serve one another. So if you have them, use them. But beyond that, let's go back to the heart of a servant. You ready? The heart of a servant just, where do you need me? How can I help? And you just walk in and you you help. Sometimes as a servant, you do things that are beneath you. Sometimes the heart of a servant doesn't insist on, well, you know what I'm really gifted to do, trained to do. The heart of a servant always reveals itself in how can I help? How can I help? And sometimes, here, I'll clean that up. Here, I'll fix that up. Here, I'll go get that. You know, here, let me help with that. And that's the heart of a a servant. A few years ago, I was out in the Dallas area uh, for a pastor's conference. There were just eight pastors invited into to church. I was there in a uh, uh, large and, and renowned church. And, the, and we were out in their parking lot and the pastor was talking and telling about all the different aspects of their church. That's what the, the whole few days was about. And he said, do you know who used to be one of our parkers until his job actually, uh, he had to move and go to California and uh, in Hollywood in particular. And, and I said, who? And he says, one of our parkers was Dr. Phil. Now, no matter what you think about Dr. Phil, his stock went way up in my book at that point, you know? And we have folks in our church. We have, we have folks that do all kinds of things you, would, you wouldn't even know. We have a state representative who serves as an, as an usher. We have a county commissioner that serves as an usher. We have people all over that just come in during the week, and they, they do all kinds of things that are, quote, beneath them. But Jesus said, if you want to be great in the kingdom, do this stuff. Do this stuff. And you'll be great in the kingdom. Amen? Let me read this and we'll finish up. Romans chapter 15. I love, love, love this passage in the Message Bible. Those of us who are strong and able in faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. And not just do what is most convenient for us. Watch this. Strength is for service, not status. Read it with me. Strength is for service not status. Next verse. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us 
asking ourselves, come on, how can I help? Look in verse 3. That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's trouble, but waded right in and helped out. And there's the example of Jesus. Listen, serving, it's going to come out of God's love. It's going to come out of Jesus' example. It's going to come from Scripture's command. Serving is going to help us get things done. Serving is going to help people get helped. But bottom line, serving serves you. Serving builds something in you. It builds something in you that we all need. Sometimes it's been misrepresented and so we avoid it. But you need to be a servant. I need to be a servant. We need to be about the business of serving. Because it keeps self in check. It brings humility and grace and joy and strength and gladness into my life. And therefore, through my life. Commit yourself, value, value uh, this whole idea of serving. And if you're a leader, be a servant leader. Amen? Do you get anything at all out of this today? Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.